You're listening to the Catholic Fragments Podcast, where we explore the treasures of Catholicism, the fullness of truth revealed in Jesus Christ and His Church. I'm your host, Dr. Donald Wallenfang, and I invite you to join me in gathering up the fragments of the truth that sets us free. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A reading from the Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 18. At that time the disciples approached Jesus and said, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child over, placed it in their midst, and said, Amen, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one child such as this in my name receives me. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Maria Montessori, pray for us. Sophia Cavalletti, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome everyone to this edition of the Catholic Fragments Podcast. I'm Dr. Donald Wallenfang. What a joy to be with you once again, this time featuring two extraordinary Catholic women, Maria Montessori and Sophia Cavalletti, as well as a special method of children's catechesis or children's faith formation developed by Sophia Cavalletti called the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. I am really very excited to share about these things with you. A father myself and raising six children, now ages 21 down to seven, having a lot of experience with Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, becoming familiar over the years with the work of Maria Montessori, Sophia Cavalletti, learning especially from my wife, Megan Wallenfang. And we homeschool our children. We've homeschooled them the past 21 years. And it's been incredible, incredible what we've learned from them. The point of this podcast is the child and what I would call a theology of childhood. Megan and I talk about this in our book called Shoeless, Carmelite Spirituality in a Disquieted World, what we term Kindertheologie in German, a theology of the child, theology of childhood, in contrast to what could be called a theology of adulthood. But there's a complementarity between the two. Although today, in this podcast, we're going to focus on theology of childhood and what we can learn from Maria Montessori and Sophia Cavalletti and this method, a Montessorian approach to children's faith formation, children's catechesis, again called Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. One thing I love about this podcast is it gives me opportunity to keep learning, to keep reading, studying coming upon new discoveries, being met by truth in new forms and figures. 
And just this past weekend, I attended a catechesis of the Good Shepherd Formation for level one that would focus on children ages three to six. And my wife, Megan, was one of the leaders of the formation, along with Laura Silveri from Jesu Church in Detroit. And I've learned so much over the past few days, and I'm really just bubbling over wanting to share some of the things I've been learning about more with you. This is an important thing in following Christ. We never should stop asking questions. We never should stop learning. And the best students, the best studious people become the best teachers. We have to realize this. So, well, I'm just really excited to share some things I've learned recently. First of all, more on Maria Montessori and Sofia Cavalletti. Maria Montessori lived from 1870 to 1952. An Italian woman became a medical doctor, but then developed an original approach and educational method for children that really involves a 180-degree turn or inversion of the typical way we think of educating children. It is a child-centered approach. She places the child at the center of teaching and learning and regards the adult as the one who has much to learn from the child. That is, the child has much to teach the adult if we simply would let the child do so. The child has so many things complete. When we think about the very concept of child, there's a completeness of the child unto himself or herself as child. The child need not be interpreted as a small adult, a miniature adult, or a young person on the way of becoming adult. This is true. The natural trajectory of things, the child would become an adult. But the child has value, has dignity as child, just as the adult has dignity and value as an adult. Maria Montessori pioneers this new approach to children's learning, and it is based on creating an environment in which the child, as an individual learner, can move about freely and discover the truth in its fullness at their own pace, according to their own evolving interests. Sofia Cavalletti, another Italian woman who lived from 1917 to 2011, Sophia Cavalletti received a doctorate in Hebrew and comparative Semitic languages from La Sapienza University in Rome and became a biblical scholar. It almost seemed like an accident that she became interested in children's catechesis later in life. But looking back, all seemed to be orchestrated by divine providence. Sophia Cavalletti would collaborate with another Italian woman named Gianna Gobi, who was a Montessorian, and developed this method, Catechesis of the Good Shepherd for Children. The German theologian Karl Rahner perceived the history of one's personal childhood to form the bedrock of all ensuing life experience. He wrote that childhood is important in itself also as a stage of man's personal history in which that takes place which can only take place in childhood itself, a field which bears fair flowers and ripe fruits, such as can only grow in this field and in no other, and which will themselves be carried into the storehouses of eternity. This morning does not derive its life simply from the afternoon which follows. 
Such a powerful quote from Rahner, thinking about the value of childhood in itself. The value of childhood is not always in reference to the adult the child will become, but to what's going on with the child in him or herself right now as child. Rahner says further that childhood is openness. Human childhood is infinite openness. The mature childhood of the adult is the attitude in which we bravely and trustfully maintain an infinite openness in all circumstances and despite the experiences of life which seem to invite us to close ourselves. Another real powerful passage from Rahner, this attitude of infinite openness, openness to possibility, openness to redemption, openness to love, to forgiveness, mercy, healing, starting again, being renewed by God's grace. Rahner speaks finally about the Christ child as the one in whom the eternal youth of God breaks in upon this world definitively and victoriously into this world which seems only able to go on living in that the death of one of its inhabitants makes way for another to be born. Some great quotes from Rahner to start this discussion off, really focusing on the work of Montessori and Cavalletti, but this helps to set the stage. There is wonder, goodness, beauty, fullness in the child as child, and the adult must come to recognize this again and again. Rahner maintains that we have to grow in a twofold spiritual maturity, one a spiritual adulthood and the other a spiritual childhood, which must continue to grow, should continue to grow, even as we advance in years. But back to some of the ideas of Maria Montessori and Sofia Cavalletti. Montessori talks about this triangular relationship within the formation or education of the child, consisting of three parts that form the respective points of the triangle. The top point, the main point, is the child. And the two supporting elements are the adult and the environment. So for Maria Montessori, the general universal figure of education, this cosmic education of the child, is defined by the triangular relationship between child, adult, and environment, each relating to the other. In this vision, the child is the apex the true north of all these relationships. As Montessori says that the child is in greater need of a gymnasium for her soul than a book for her intellect. It is the child who teaches the adult what the environment should look like. It's very important for the adult to take time to observe the child in his or her environment and to adapt the environment accordingly. What clicks with the child? Where and how is the child at peace? Where and how is the child at rest? And for the adult, therefore, virtue is his or her greatest attribute. To support the child, to serve the child, to become what Cavaletti says, an unworthy servant of the child. We must change the environment to serve the needs of the child. And as adults, we must serve the child by making a well-prepared environment in which the child can move about freely and contemplate the multiple facets of the truth to seek God ultimately. According to this Montessorian vision, the environment should be defined 
as a freedom within limits. It should have structure and order. It should orbit around reality and nature. It should be characterized by a beautiful atmosphere. It should involve materials that children can work with in proportion to the size of their bodies, their hands, their stature. And finally, it should foster a development of community life. The adults can help prepare the environment for the child if only the adult takes time to observe the child carefully. Concerning the child, Maria Montessori says that the child is a worker and a producer. Although he cannot share in the work of adults, he has his own difficult and important task to perform, that of producing a man. But this tiny child eventually grows into an adult. And if the latter's intelligence has become enriched through his psychic conquests and become resplendent with the spiritual light, this is due to the child he once was. Great quote by Montessori from her book, The Secret of Childhood. And concerning the environment, Montessori in her book, Spontaneous Activity and Education, writes that the secret of free development of the child consists in organizing for him the means necessary for his internal nourishment. Notice that his internal nourishment. But to ensure the psychical phenomena of growth, we must prepare the environment in a definite manner and from this environment offer the child the external means directly necessary for him. So the need to create an environment that includes these external means to serve the internal nourishment of the child. And then concerning the adult, Sofia Cavalletti in her book, The Religious Potential of the Child, writes that the adult should remind himself that he is the unworthy servant of the gospel, as said earlier. The adult's function is necessary. Nonetheless, it should not be overvalued. The ideal adult vanishes, so to speak, within this environment, gets out of the way, yields to the direct encounter between the child and Christ in this environment of a rich, child-centered catechesis. Further, I want to make just a couple more quotations from Sofia Cavalletti's book, The Religious Potential of the Child. This is taken from the very first chapter entitled God and the Child. We heard Jesus saying in the opening prayer, unless you turn and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And that the child has this inherent humility about him or her. The child is instructive for the adult. The child has a contemplative genius about him or her. And often us adults miss this about the child because we have forgotten as we've grown older the art of contemplation. This education to wonder, as Montessori and Cavalletti call it. An education to wonder in which it is the child who observes with wonder and reminds us adults how to do that. To wander and to wonder. It is an, an education in which reality is more captivating for the child than fantasy. How many hours a day do we adults, as well as sadly children, these days live in fantasy worlds, these virtual spaces of being that can tend to abstract us, detract us from reality in its fullness, in its wholeness, in its textured givenness. 
through all the five senses and more. This educational wonder for the child in which we adults must offer rich food, but not too much of it at once. We want to be careful not to saturate children with too much information and in a way that is not conducive for their reception of truth, beauty, goodness. But rather, the method of teaching must always be appropriate to the content. So as Cavaletti writes in chapter 1 of her book, The Religious Potential of the Child, thinking especially about children ages 3 to 6 in that second phase of the first plane of development of the person, she says that children penetrate effortlessly beyond the veil of signs and see with utmost facility their transcendent meaning as if there were no barrier between the visible and the invisible. Cavaletti says that children bear this metaphysical exigence about them, within them, that children are natural contemplatives. We might say from a philosophical perspective, they are natural phenomenologists. Children are natural metaphysicians because they have an extraordinary capacity for the transcendent, for prayer regarding duration, as well as spontaneity and dignity of expression, she says. Theirs is a prayer of praise and thanksgiving, which expresses the nearness and transcendence of God. At the same time, the child who is very attuned to the sensorial, perceivable world, at the same time moves with ease in the world of the transcendent. The young child delights in and is deeply satisfied by contact with God. God and the child get along well together, was the habitual expression of Adele Costa Gnocchi, one of Maria Montessori's first collaborators. God and the child get along well together. We adults need to be careful not to obstruct this natural, spontaneous relationship between God and the child. Since religious experience is fundamentally an expression of love, it corresponds in a special way to the child's nature. Cavaletti writes that we believe that the child, more than any other, has need of love because the child himself is rich in love. The child's need to be loved depends not so much on a lack that requires filling, but on a richness that seeks something that corresponds to it. Therefore, she says, it is not in a search for compensation that the child turns to God, but from a profound exigence that is an inbuilt necessity, a drive, a yearning within the child's nature. The child needs an infinite global love such as no human being is able to give him. No child, I believe, has ever been loved to the degree that she wanted and needed. For the child, love is more necessary than food. It has been scientifically proved. In the contact with God, the child experiences an unfailing love. And in contact with God, the child finds the nourishment his being requires. Nourishment the child needs in order to grow in harmony. God, who is love, and the child, who asks for love more than his mother's milk, thus meet one another in a particular correspondence of nature. The child, in the encounter with God, delights in the satisfaction of a profound exigence of his person, of an authentic exigence of life, in helping the child's religious life, far from imposing something that is foreign to him, 
we are responding to the child's silent request. Help me to come closer to God by myself. The child manifests this intrinsic capacity for God, this innate religious potential to seek God and to let herself be found by God. This model of catechesis of the Good Shepherd finds it necessary to prepare an environment for the child to encounter God. It is the adult's task, the adult's responsibility to make sure this is a well-prepared environment. And we can learn much from Sofia Cavalletti and Gianna Gobi and all the collaborators and disciples of this method in which today there's really a canon of materials within these environments divided into three levels. First, the child ages three to six. Second, the child six to nine. And third, the child nine to 12. So many materials that have been determined by careful observation of children within this atrium environment, this designated space for encounter with God, where we as adults let the child rule, where we as adults let the child teach, where we as adults let the child disciple us in love because the child is already rich in love. This is a radically different approach than what is typical for catechesis, for teaching and learning, for the adult's approach to the child. It is a humble approach. It is, I believe, the approach of Christ, the approach Christ teaches us. Not only our approach to the child, but our approach to every other human being, to every mystery of God. God created us to be beneficiaries of gift. A world of givenness surrounds us. It calls out to us. God gives us the grace to dilate our capacity to receive this givenness with thanksgiving and contemplative wonder under the figure and leadership of the child. Thank you for joining me on the Catholic Fragments podcast where you are equipped to think toward the whole, to pray from the heart, and to live as a witness 